The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to pick the brains of one of my favorite SEOs desperately asking for help to optimize a directory that I'm building for the MarTech podcast website. Joining us is Kevin Indig, who is the VP of SEO and content at G2. G2 is the world's leading B2B software and services review platform. And until recently, selecting business software or services was really difficult, risky, and inherently biased. But G2's real verified user reviews help you objectively assess what is best for your business. And prior to taking his current role, Kevin was the head of technical SEO at Atlassian. He's been the director of SEO at Daily Motion. And once upon a time, he worked for our very close friends at Searchmetrics. And this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Kevin Indig, VP of SEO and content at G2. Kevin, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. And you know how much I love looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you back. It's been a long time. I guess the last time we talked, you had, I guess, did you just take the job at G2 or you were relatively new there and you were telling me about how G2 builds directories and gets content and all your content optimization strategies. And, you know, as luck would have it, all of a sudden I am in the content directory game. I need your help, buddy. Welcome. It's a fun place to be. All right. So, you know, I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast. I've got this other website. We've been doing a bunch of case studies to talk about how we're trying to build the traffic, the SEO value of the MarTech Pod website. It's the website for my other podcast, which is for the more general marketing community. 
And what we're doing is moving beyond just show notes and quotes for all of our episodes, what we have live right now. And we're moving towards more of a holistic service to help the MarTech community understand what's happening in their industry, who the companies are, and where the jobs are. And so I talked with Jordan about building a company directory. And he said, look, you shouldn't do it. You go build a directory and have 100 companies and see if you're getting some SEO value. And then I talked to Philip Thune, the CEO of TextBroker, and he said, you know what, actually... I think the company directory is great because Google seems to be crawling your website quickly. You can get a lot of pages ranking pretty quick. I'm doing it. I need your help. You know, you manage a website that is all about directories, building content, profiles. When you think about optimizing a directory to start driving traffic, what advice do you have just at the top level? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. So many things to start with. G2 is certainly a large site. We have almost 2,000 software categories, over 100,000 products, about 5 million pages on the site. So we're pretty large. Just focusing on the directory. It's obviously going to be a public directory, right? So it's ungated. People will be able to get at least some of the information before they sign up for anything. And Google will be able to crawl this and people will be finding it to organic. So first of all, organic search is usually the main user acquisition channel when it comes to any sort of directory, right? Directories are predestined for organic search. And the reason is because they're very scalable, meaning you have an inventory, which are the companies, and you have information that can be exposed and interesting to search engines. And that's where I would actually start. The very first thing I would think about is what is the context in which people search for your inventory, meaning for such a company, and what is the value that they're hoping to get? So yeah, you can take it from there. Okay. Let's talk through this a little. We're not going to be G2. We're not going to have 5 million pages. That's already been done very well, might I add. I love the site. There are 7,000 MarTech companies in the MarTech 5,000 list. It's somewhere between seven or 8,000, but I think some of them are duplicate or not around. So let's say we're going to build 7,000 pages. They're all going to be for individual companies. And then the question becomes, what content do I put on that page and how do I go about getting the content? But my thought is, Let's build this company directory. We're going to put some profile information about the company, write a description, the location, the industry that they work in, right? That's kind of the table stakes. One of the things that I think is interesting that we're going to do that hasn't been done is who are the executives that are marketing specific and what are their roles and titles? And that should be dynamic. So it's always updated. When somebody leaves, they'll move from one company to the next. And then the third part I was thinking about is how do we introduce some more unique content onto that page? And for me, that is, how do we post all of the podcast episodes related to that company, whether they're from our podcast, or maybe even we're going into the app store and pulling other people's content onto our website and just trying to say, hey, if you want to learn more about this company, here's all the podcasts that they've been mentioned on. Pick apart my strategy here. I think it's a good strategy. You're basically building a hybrid of Glassdoor and LinkedIn, both of which are directory sites or companies, and both of which have developed really good models that work very well for SEO, obviously, like some of the best in the world and some of the largest sites in the world. Now, again, I would think about like what is the goal of people coming through organic search that they should pursue on your site, right? Is it to just consume the information, right? And then the question becomes, how do you monetize that? 
Or should they sign up for something? Is there another layer of value that you provide for people who sign up? Like basically, what is the business model? Like what is the monetization model? Well, one of the things that I thought, first off, you mentioned that obviously the company directory won't be gated. And I'm not sure. I actually think what we were going to do is on the company directory page that we have, the sort of landing page that's directory specific, have that be a list of one of the fastest growing companies in the MarTech industry based on number of marketers and salespeople that they're hiring. You know, we'll come up with some sort of a growth score. So we'll have kind of a winners and losers section and then a link to have somebody get to the entire list of the directory. And then we can also do highlighted profiles and put some other stuff that is, you know, interesting where we're summarizing what is happening in the MarTech industry under the directory. But then when somebody clicks in an individual page, they're hit with, you know, the gated enter your email address, join our community. And now we're building our email subscriber list. So we have contact information for the people that are our listeners or that are searching for these companies. So my thought was, look, if you search on Google, we'll let you see one company. You know, we'll do kind of the New York Times type thing where you can come in, see an individual piece of content that you search for. But when you try to click through to the next company, then you're hit with the, you have to enter your email address. You've taken all your free content for the week. So, you know, I'm trying to balance the SEO value as opposed to putting an email capture form and hopefully get people to be interested in our content and engage with our newsletter and our community and some of the other things that we're building. Yeah, and that's totally possible. On the B2C side, you have Pinterest and Instagram who do exactly the same. You can look at some of the content for free and then you get a gate. And then on the B2B side, I think Owler.com does something very similar where you can watch a limited number of profiles and they ask you to sign up. I think it's generally a smart play, works really well with Google. And that leads us to this idea of a flywheel. That's always what I'm kind of looking for when it comes to directories or scaling SEO for companies. Like, what is the self-reinforcing loop? What is the, you know, the network effect or the flywheel? And if I understand your idea right, it would be somebody coming from Google, coming to your site, consuming some information, then signing up for a sort of membership or a newsletter or whatever that is. And then from there, they are more or less in the product. And then you want to activate them, meaning make sure that they kind of use the product on an ongoing basis and then kind of increase their usage over time. It's going to be something like that. Now, coming back to the SEO piece here. So first of all, I would love to understand the context, right? Like who's searching for what? From there, I then look at what would they search for, right? Like what is the keyword pattern that you can target or optimize your site for? So for G2, for example, it would be something like, Company name plus reviews, like Marketo reviews, Salesforce reviews, Buffer reviews. That's a keyword pattern that we optimize our reviews pages for, right? We have that in the title, we have the content, blah, blah, blah. That is in the context that people are looking for is obviously they want to have company reviews. And then they come to our site, they consume some of the reviews. Sometimes they write their own review. That is one of our flywheels. And then other times they might sign up for that software specifically, right? And then there's another flywheel that, that comes to effect. But that's how I think about your directory, right? It's like context, what do they search for? What do they want to get? How can you make that information available to them? And then once they're happy with that information, how do you make them sign up for more of that, right? So there is some sort of pool that you create with the value that your site provides that has to become strong enough for people to sign up. And when it's strong enough for people to sign up, then you have a very high chance of keeping them, engaging them, and eventually monetizing this whole kind of journey. 
Yeah, there's really three steps that you're talking about. First is acquisition, right? What are people actually going to be searching for? You got to do your keyword optimization, understand what they're looking for so you can optimize your pages to get them on the page. Then how do you provide enough value in that page to give them a good experience so you can surface some sort of a data and lead capture? And then once you have their contact information, once you're able to understand who they are, you got to figure out how to sell them something to monetize that traffic. Here's where I am so far. One, how do we drive the leads? How do we do our traffic acquisition? I don't know. Two, what's the content we're going to put on the page that we think is useful enough? I have kind of an idea. I think that the growth score, understanding who is on the marketing team is interesting. Hopefully people want to look at multiple companies because they're researching who is in that company and you know what content, what they're saying about themselves. And it's really a company research tool. And that helps us do our lead capture. And then three, how do we monetize them? And I am taking the approach of this is a media business, right? The MarTech podcast, very similar to the Voices of Search podcast, is a media business. And you have to build an audience first in a media business before you could really think about monetization. I spent 11 months building the MarTech podcast and got it up to a little over 10,000 downloads per month before we tried to test our sponsorship model. Did a similar thing with the Voices of Search podcast as well. I had a relationship with Search Metrics, so they were helping pay the bills from early on because we were working on this project together. But my thought is, I just want to build the audience because in the podcast that I have, the Martech podcast or this show, the Voices of Search podcast, I never get to see who is listening. People subscribe in Apple, they subscribe in Spotify, so I don't actually get visibility into who my audience is. And I'm building these tools so I have a better sense of who our actual audience is. And it gives me a better ability to understand who they are, what their needs are, and then retarget them to sell them the services that they actually want. So more than anything, this is about building an audience so I can understand how to serve the audience. And less about I'm trying to build an audience to sell them a specific product. I will build the product around what their needs are once I understand who they are. It's a little bit of a leap of faith. It often is, you know, and that's fine. I think you can support that leap of faith with some potential customer interviews. So you might have already done this, but what I would do is just write a profile of a customer who would really fit into that. And, you know, a lot of people start with demographics and geographics, but I would actually start more with psychographics, right? Like, and the behavior of my target audience. So what else are these people listening to? What else do they subscribe to? What do they read? What kind of brands do they like? And then, you know, start shipping a, a customer profile and then speak to a couple of people. And honestly, like it is very unscalable, but just speaking to a couple of customers or prospects or your target audience, just like understanding how these people tick and how they use the internet goes such a long way. You know, I have my own little like side hustle, it's a paid newsletter. And what I did is I spoke to a couple of people who I write this newsletter for. And I I really tried to like tease out why they subscribe and what the value is that I'm providing. And they just give them more of that. And you discover so many things that you didn't have in the radar about that before. So I think you might also just start with like a pain point analysis and just really think about what is it that people are desperately missing. I also think that in your idea, there's some sort of an ego bait that you could play in a positive way because you want to show MarTech leaders at these companies. And I think there is probably some sort of an acquisition play to 
reach out to these people or to ask these people to provide some sort of input, you know, there's probably even some sort of play with pulling information from people's resumes or LinkedIn login or those kind of almost like hacks, if you will. So I think generally your idea is good. I think it's very SEO scalable. I think there are ways to get the content for it as well. I think there are ways to monetize it. When we're speaking about a media business, that's usually a bit on the broader side, right? Like if you create media or you want to monetize your media, like that can target a lot of different people, right? I'm pretty good at that part. I'm not I'm not worried about the monetization part. And I know it sounds a little backwards, but we already have a monetizable asset in the podcast, mm. right? We already sell sponsors. And so by building our email list, mm. we're just going to extend the existing sponsorships we have. Really what I would love your help with, as you mentioned, you know, figuring out the SEO strategy, what people are searching for. And for G2, it was company reviews. I'm not exactly sure how to figure out what people are searching for when they're looking for someone that's in the list of 7,000 MarTech companies. I'm not sure if it's, you know, if it's Adobe executives, Adobe marketers, if it's, you know, Facebook company growth, if it's MarTech company, you know, who knows what they're actually searching for. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Help me figure out how to sort of position these pages and how do I make my directory unique, unique and visible. Right. One thing you can do that is very tactical is you can take a rank tracker or an SEO tool like search metrics. You can punch in a brand, say Marketo, and then look at all the kind of keyword variations with search volume, right? There's probably going to be some like Marketo reviews, Marketo login, Marketo versus I don't know what. There's going to be all these variations. And then look for one that fits your business model. Maybe there's something like Marketo leaders, Marketo employees, Marketo people, right? That's what I would look for. And then you replicate that a couple more, maybe 10 more times with other companies. And if you see that same pattern popping up over and over again, then you are onto something, right? Then you have some sort of a keyword pattern that you can target with your pages. The other way is what I tried to explain what I did poorly before with the pain points of people, right? But you can also make this very tactical. And so once you identified that people look for these keyword combinations with brands and with another term, 
then you have an idea what to optimize your pages for, right? Then you know, okay, this is my main target. Next, you want to Google that keyword combination and see what comes up for it now. Maybe it's a page of the actual company where they try to provide some sort of information. Maybe it's gibberish. Maybe it's garbage. Maybe there's no consistency in the search results. Maybe nobody does that already. Maybe somebody already does that, right? Also think about Crunchbase, if they have maybe some sort of model for that. So that's something I would check. A second tactical approach is to look at directories that already exist, like a Crunchbase, like a Glassdoor, like a LinkedIn. And then you punch that directory site into an SEO tool like Search Metrics. Then you filter the keywords that this site's rank for, for a brand like a company, and see what company-related keywords that directory already looks for. And then see if there's an angle or another pattern that would also work for your site. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I'm just looking quickly at Marketo and I'm using Search Metrics as keyword discovery tool. And the keywords are Marketo, Summit, Login, Pricing, Careers, Logo, Launchpoint, Blog, Jobs, Training, Certification, Conference, Competitors, API, Salesforce Integration, Email Templates, Community. So, you know, we'll see if any of those are something that's consistent. But to me, what makes sense is Marketo Careers. So we're building what are the open jobs into those pages. So we have a Marketo MarTech directory slash Marketo. I'm not sure if you, like we have a probably a jobs page already. We're going to have a jobs board. So we'll put the open jobs that are available for Marketo with the executives. To me, I think that's probably where most people are researching these companies is they're trying to do their research to either sell to the companies or to work for them. And so, you know, thinking about what are their recent news and what's happening and what the size of the company, what the trajectory is. Ideally, in a perfect world, I'd love to understand what their marketing tactics are, but I think that would be really challenging to figure out and keep up to date. But talk to me about putting the content together. You mentioned Crunchbase, LinkedIn, G2. They all have kind of similar profiles. That seems like table stakes, not a lot of unique content in you know, describing what the company is. So when you're, you know, at G2, you have all of your user-generated content, all the reviews that make those pages unique. I don't have that. How can I establish uniqueness and value when I don't have a lot of user-generated content? Yeah, there are two models to this. The one is, as you mentioned, user-generated content where you build a flywheel of providing some sort of information and then getting users while they consume that information to contribute some of that information, right? Tons of sites out there that do this besides G2. There's even a Wikipedia type of model. There's Amazon reviews. There are tons of companies out there. The other way to do that is to provide the information yourself. You know, that either works by trying to do it manually, which on some level could work, but it's not very scalable, or to crawl some of that data, meaning you write a program or use a crawler that will allow you to go through a lot of websites yourselves and extract information. Like one example is Screaming Frog, Searchmetrics has a crawler. There are lots of them out there. They even services, right? Or you use some sort of an API that would give you the data and then you would basically enrich it maybe with data streams from another API or combine it or, you know, like display it in a certain way, visualize it. There are tons of ways to make the data attractive. But those two models exist. And there's no better model, right? There's just a model that works for your business. 
And in terms of APIs, I would really have to see, but I'd be very shocked if there's nothing out there like in terms of company information. The bigger question I would ask myself is like, what information really matters to your audience or to people who you want to sign up for? Like, what is it that they're really looking for? Yeah, and my thought again is they're looking for research on the company in the context of, you know, where they live in the MarTech industry, right? What are the biggest, most popular MarTech jobs, companies? Who are the people that work in the marketing department? And really what we're trying to do is build this into a community. And so my thought is if you could show the people in the organization, that's important, right? And hopefully give some contact information to people, whether it's linking to their LinkedIn profile. You're giving information about the product, whether that's pulling in G2 reviews through an API, you're pulling in the company news, the funding sources, you're ranking whether the company is growing or not, and then also pulling in the content that is being published about the company so you really can understand not necessarily just who the company is, but what people are saying about it as well. That is very interesting. So a couple of thoughts about this. First of all, there's a tool out there called Phantom Buster. There are probably alternatives to that. So it's probably not the only one, but that is a tool that would allow you to scrape LinkedIn data. And you know maybe one play that you could run is to just carry a couple of brands together that you want to start with, scrape their employees, then see how you can visualize the data in a really cool way. Then you want to see if there's any other data you can get from somewhere else about these people. I'm sure there are some profiles you can gather from the internet. You put these things together, you visualize in a nice way, you put them online, you reach out to those people, you say, hey, we added you to this list. Can you verify you work at the company? And then, first of all, you'll get some attention. And then, second of all, you can display that it's verified that the person works there. That could be something of you know, like because then you have something that LinkedIn maybe or another company does not provide. So also think about how can you get to a point of information that nobody else has that is reason enough for people to come to your site. So okay, I can go scrape some data from LinkedIn. Dare I say, I can go scrape some reviews from G2, but don't tell their SEO that I'm doing it because it's duplicated content. But you know, there are plugins and widgets that can help you pull in content from all these other sources. How much should I worry about duplicate content if I'm pulling in G2 Crowd reviews, which seem very relevant to be on this page? It's obviously not unique content. Am I going to be penalized? Am I going to be credited? How do you think Google reviews that? Right. It depends on how you enrich, visualize, and mix the data. Obviously, if you just create another search page with our reviews, some companies do that. By the way, it's really hard to crawl G2. We have a couple of mechanisms in place that will shut down any crawler, even my own. You know, Sometimes I'm dealing with it myself when I try to crawl the site. Can you just turn that off for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> We can talk about a partnership. We have review syndication with lots of companies. And that leads us to the answer here, actually, because it really depends in which context these reviews appear. If there's no other content on the page, then it's definitely duplicate content. There's no value. However, if the reviews are just one of many data points that you provide to your audience, it's totally fine. And that's why, you know, whenever I dealt with duplicate content issues in the past, or when people ask me this question, the answer really lies in the ratio that this content takes and the overall content on that page. So if you have a couple of other APIs or a couple of other pieces of information, totally fine. We also syndicate our reviews to Crunchbase, by the way. Awesome. Okay. 
Hey, for what it's worth, Jordan Cooney just texted me and he said to tell you to call him. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Now live on the show. <laughs> I'm assuming that you guys are going to be talking about building the directory because, you know, we all seem to be talking about this same topic. <laughs> all right. Last bit of advice. We're going to build this directory. We're going to have 7,000 pages. We're pulling in some information from LinkedIn in terms of who are the people that are relevant. We're pulling in some reviews from G2 without scraping and stealing them. We're going to have job listings. We're going to rank all the companies based on some sort of proprietary metric we're going to build. We're going to pull in some of our own podcast content as well to try to keep it unique and fresh. Is that enough content? Do you think this is going to work? I would start with that, honestly. See how well it works. There's never going to be a perfect answer. There's never going to be 100% confidence. But I think it's enough to get started and then see how high can you get. Can you get on the first page? Then it definitely works. Then at this point, it might just be a question of links or user experience, refining the content. If you don't get any traction at all, then you know you need to provide a bit more. And there are a couple of different ways and models to do that. There's actually, when we talk about directories, and this is something that nobody really talks about, there is an evolution or a progress. And most people get stuck at the second or third step. So the first step is you have some categories, right? Think about like Amazon Books or G2 started with a couple of categories or Yelp with only a couple of like restaurants in a certain city, right? Uber starting in San Francisco, blah, 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 blah. The next step is then scale, right? Like then you really go broad. You have tons of categories, tons of pages, tons of products. The third step is customization by category. That is something that not a lot of people talk about that Amazon is wildly successful with and that most people miss. It's obviously, for your idea, it's, it's a step ahead, right? But I just want to paint the full spectrum of how far you can take this. And what I mean by customization is that categories on a marketplace are different in terms of what people expect, what information people are looking for. You don't research a dishwasher like research a PC, like you would research a camera or like you would research a plant or whatever, right? These are different journeys and people look for different types of information. That's why a lot of marketplaces, directories, and scalable sites get stuck at the second step. They have scale, they go wide, that's cool. But then from there, you need to customize your categories and your user experience as good as possible to your category. Amazon actually does that. When you go to Amazon and you go to different category pages, you'll see different layouts, templates, content, etc. So... As you start and see how that concept that we just outlined, how it scales and how well it does, if it doesn't do super well, or if you maybe get stuck at a plateau, then I would think about how can you customize that? What is some information that you would only add to, say, like a Marketo page or to a another page? Again, a bit further ahead, but just want to paint the journey. Yeah, I think that's a good point right now. I'm thinking about the long tail keywords, the individual company pages. And then I'm thinking about how to roll them up to a universal directory page. There is a categorization process here. And honestly, the categorization I was going to use was the MarTech 5000 list where there are five top level categories. And within each one of those categories, there's seven to 10 subcategories. So I'm taking somebody else's category structure. And maybe that's right or maybe that's wrong, but we'll have to build out individual pages for each one of those categories. Yeah. And you should, by the way, when you think about long-tail keywords, you should look at a site called Comparably. They do a fantastic job at providing all sorts of information that ranks really well for long-tail keywords. Just Google something like Marketo Company Culture, which is something very long-taily. You know, a few people look for that, but Comparably ranks at the top for it. And it's because 
They have so much great data. And honestly, I'm not sure where they take it from. But the way that they visualize it and put it together is amazing. So that's always the first step is to get this data from somewhere. And then the next step is to get user input, right? User-generated input. So I described earlier that you can start with a kind of self-generated content model or a user-generated content model. You can also start with a self-generated content model and then add user input on top. Because users come to this page to see all this great information and then you can prompt them like, hey, can you verify that? Can you add your opinion? Can you write a review or something like that? That's the gangster move here. <laughs> uh, the gangster moves of SEO. I appreciate it always from you, Kevin. All right. Thanks so much for your advice. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kevin Indig, the VP of SEO and content at G2. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Kevin, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is... Kevin underscore Indig, that's K-E-V-I-N underscore I-N-D-I-G. Or you can go to his personal website, which is kevin-indig.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, Head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can also apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.